Welcome to the Ladies Kicking Ass Podcast, where we help you ignite your inner badass and create the service business of your dreams. I'm your host, Tanya Wilson, and together we'll dive into inspiring stories and expert coaching to set your journey on fire. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. Today is going to be so much fun and already from the conversation we've had, it's going to be really real and really honest. And so if you love these just fly on the wall conversations, today is going to be one of those today with two awesome ladies just bantering back and forth about life and shit and everything else that's going on in between there. So Summer Brooke Putnam is our guest today and she is well, first of all, she is part of my family, which we haven't seen each other in like, I don't even know how long, probably 25 years, maybe yep, even probably. more than that. Um, Summer used to be married to one of my cousins. And so I remember when I very first met Summer and I was like, oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> it was somebody new that came to Wyoming. It was so awesome. Um, but she's always had such a kind heart and just this big audacious smile where it's just been always so warm to be in your presence. And I'm sure that you bring that into everything that you're doing today. So I can't wait to share you with the Ladies Kicking Ass audience. So Summer, why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory and tell us why you choose to do what you love to do every day? Yeah, I love it. Thank you. That was like the nicest intro ever. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I was married to your cousin, um, fantastic person. I have a great relationship with him still. He's wonderful. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I, let's see, I'm a midlife women's coach and right now, personally, I have two amazing kids. They are pretty much grown. One of them is 22. She's on her own and married. And then I have a 19 year old son and he's doing his own thing as well. So, um, and then I have a fur baby. He's a golden doodle and he's fantastic. So cute. Um, and then I am, I, I just got engaged. Let's see. It's been a little over a year ago. So dating in my forties was kind of a new experience after I got divorced, which is kind of fun. We could talk about that if you want, but and what else? I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, I actually am an executive for a hospitality company in hotels. And then I also am an entrepreneur and I started a life coach business for women in midlife. So that's kind of about me. I love hiking and yoga and meditation. And I love um, just, I don't know, napping. I love napping. Is that a thing? <laughs> yes, it's a thing. It's my husband's favorite thing. I love so it. Napping. I wish I wish I could be a good napper. When I take a nap, <laughs> I wake up and it's dark outside. Like I'm out forever. I envy the power nappers. I wish I could do that. I do. Yes. I do. I just haven't figured it out yet. I think I have too much caffeine going through my body all day <laughs> to happen. It's like ah. um Wow, you we have so much to talk about through this. And before we hit record on this, I'm like, I like to talk about the tough shit. Let's talk about things that have gone on in our lives. I know you have quite an interesting backstory of things. So I know that, and you said we could talk about this. So I know yeah, that you went through a divorce, which many women in their midlife find themselves going through a divorce. 
Maybe yeah. it's not the first one. I, you know, I, I feel like you haven't experienced life till you've done that at least once <laughs> and good or bad, but you find out a lot about yourself when you go through a divorce. So oh what was gosh. like one of the biggest lessons that you learned going through a divorce kind of midlife time? Being yeah. a mom and having all of this and, and, and handling all of those things. Oh, well, kind of keeping your shit together. Or maybe sure. I don't know if I kept my shit together, but I will definitely tell you what happened. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I was 39 when we got a divorce. We had been married for 20 years um, and we kind of had gotten to the point where it was just sort of like roommates living together, but really good roommates. We had a good relationship. Thankfully, I'm very, very lucky. Um. And because of some circumstances, we ended up getting a divorce. And so, you know, it was, um, it was hard. I had being married for 20 years and being just with that one person. And then sort of all of a sudden being on your own, even though I was a very independent woman already, um, Mm -hmm. just really kind of put me in the position where I felt really lost for a bit. Right. It just was very um, kind of discombobulating. I wasn't really sure like what my future would look like in so many different aspects. And now I was sort of single momming it with these kids where I had already always had support in the past. Um, and for a couple of years there, I just was sort of just like going through the motions. Right. Just figuring it out, trying to figure out, like, what does every day need to look like? How am I going to take care of my kids and my job? And just like keep my head above water. Um, but there Mm -hmm. was just this nudge that I think I kept getting that I just knew like, this is my time to like, figure out what I want and figure out who I am and figure out what that future can look like for me. And so the divorce honestly was kind of a catalyst to me, um, deciding to become a life coach. And it took a lot of years to get to this point, but, um, just, I think the education that I went through in terms of like, just trying to heal myself, um, and like finding a lot of mindfulness techniques that really worked for me. Like I'm really into yoga and meditation. They're very helpful for me. And, you know, going through all of that, I think the biggest thing that I learned was I can rely on myself that I am capable. Um, and basically like there's nobody that's going to do this for me. Like it's me. So, um, that was the biggest thing that I learned going through my divorce was that I am a freaking badass and I can do this. Right. <laughs> so, <Yes>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so incredible. Thank you for sharing that because sure. when you go through a divorce, it can be one of those things that knocks you down and really kicks your ass. And that's where you stay groveling for a long time. I know I've had conversations with some of my girlfriends and some other, you know, female acquaintances that are around our age that went through a divorce and, you know, like they're still so damn bitter about everything. And they're like looking for somebody to blame or, you know, I I have a situation with my husband and and his ex-wife where it's like, I I'm still looking for an apology. I'm like, Oh my God, y'all have been divorced for six years. Like, does the apology make a difference? Like you're hanging on to something that is hurting you so much let it go you know but I think that can be an excuse or like you said a catalyst to becoming that next best 
version of yourself. Was there anything in particular that you really were drawn to as you were starting to find yourself and pull yourself into this newer summer that we see now? Yeah, I mean, I think there were a few things. Um, For sure, I found this lady who was a life coach. And she had a podcast and I just loved it and I absorbed it. And that was actually the life coach school that I ended up going through was because of this lady that I found. But um, Mm -hmm. I really gravitated toward her work mostly because what she was teaching was how your circumstances in your life are your experiences that you go through, right? But it's the actual thought process and the beliefs that you have that really creates the perspective and how you're experiencing those things, right? So um, just like you said, you know, you have that story of your husband and his ex and how somebody's Mm -hmm. waiting for an apology. It's like, you can't really rely on other people to make you feel better. And so, yeah. So I think one of the things that I gravitated toward her was because of that. She taught a lot about how your belief systems and your thought processes are affecting how you feel and in return, how you feel that's in fact, or that's, um, it's kind of driving how you're acting and what your results are in your life. And so I think it just helped me to sort of break it down in a more simple way to look at things instead of having all of these feelings and all of these emotions that like, I didn't really know what to do with. And I didn't know, like, what was true for me anymore and what I should believe in and that kind of stuff. It just, I felt so lost, but it helped to sort of be able to break it down to a little more of a simple perspective. And that was really healing to me. Um, And then some of the other things that I really gravitated toward were yoga for sure. And meditation, because I really just um, found that there needed to be like a mind and a body connection for me to, in order to heal. So Mm -hmm. those two things were huge. Um, And a lot of, honestly, like self-care and just realizing that like I needed to rely on myself and it was going to take some things to get there. (laughs) So, yeah, for sure. I was doing an interview earlier this morning and we were talking about how um, you create your own energy. Because the person that I was interviewing with, he was like, you're so bubbly. You're like, I, I just kept telling myself, like, don't bounce over there. She's got all the energy, you know, and I just started laughing. And I was like, um, I remember going to a conference with Brendan Burchard and he was talking about, he's like, you are the power plant. You're the energy. You create your own energy. People are trying to find energy somewhere, good energy, whatever. Create it for yourself. How many times are people just sitting and waiting? It's almost like that sit and wait and somebody come rescue me or somebody come save me. That world that we live in now. That's like, fucking save yourself. Like you don't need to wait on anybody else. And the second that you realize that you can do that and that you don't need anybody else to take care of yourself, do you know how incredibly powerful you become? People are like, there's something about her, but I don't know what it is. Yes, (laughs) I can take care of my own shit. You know, like it's so important to carry that with yourself, carry that energy of like, I can take care of myself. That doesn't mean that I don't want a partner or that I don't love my husband or that I don't want to have friends and things like that. But it is an incredibly powerful thing to realize I create energy, whether that's negative or positive energy, and that's going to attract the kind of life that I want to have. 
Do you have a shitty day or do you have a shitty moment in the day? You know, it's like such a big difference between the two of those things, but it's all mindset. That's a lot of that. Do you find like the mindset work that you do with yoga and meditation and it's being quiet that you come to kind of your woosa place, if you will? Because I know, like for me, I'm always fascinated to talk to people that love meditation and yoga. Because Mm -hmm. for me, I'm like, I need to say something. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm paralyzed to sit there. (laughs) But I love how that is something that you have found to center yourself. Like, how did you get to that? Like, did you just go to a yoga class and you're like, this is awesome. I need more of this in my life. Or did it, was it kind of a gradual thing with stuff that, that it started affecting and how did that work for you? Yeah, that's a cool question. Um, so I started yoga probably in my mid thirties pretty consistently. So before I even got divorced, I started a small yoga practice There's just something about yoga for me in moving your body and being able to connect with your breath in a way that just sort of does center me. Um, And I think after my divorce specifically, I just had so many feelings, so many thoughts, just so much that I couldn't really figure out like how to just find that peace that there had to be something of a physical way for me to sort of settle that down Um, and so that's kind of why, like in, after my divorce, man, like yoga was like a big deal for me because it really just helped me to center and ground myself when I needed to. Um, and meditation, you know, I think people are like, how do you freaking clear your mind out? How do you do that when you meditate? I don't really feel like that's what meditation is for me. Like I like to listen to, um, guided meditations where, it's not just like me listening to meditation music and I'm trying to just like clear out my thoughts. Um, more so it's more of like observing your thoughts as they like pass through your mind. Right. So it's kind of like the clouds in the sky as they're like sort of passing by, you're like recognizing that it's there, but just letting it keep going. So instead of like connecting to that thought, you're just sort of allowing it to be there and pass by, which is more of the kind of meditation that I do. So, but it just was very helpful for me to be, observant of the thoughts in my mind and understand how those thoughts might actually be showing up in my life. Um, and, and so that's why I think meditation and yoga just were really helpful to me. It was a, it was a way to quiet my mind and ground myself, but at the same time, like be sort of this observer of what was happening there and Mm -hmm. be able to sort of like intentionally make some decisions about how I really wanted to think and believe about things that were going on in my life. Sure. Do you think spending that time, that alone time with yourself in there? um, Let's see, what's a better way to ask this question? It's a big, uh, do you feel like that brought peace to you and that you were able to sort things out and figure out what you really wanted in your life to be open for love again and dating in your 40s did that was yoga and meditation a big part of you being able to jump back in that pool again yeah I mean for sure I think it was helpful right I think it was definitely um grounding and helped me to like know kind of who I was and who I wanted to show up as I was going out into the dating world and like what kind of girl Mm -hmm. I wanted to be out there and what kind of guy I wanted to date. So 
yeah, I think it helps me to create some intentional decisions around that. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that really helped me in that time period was journaling, um, but not really journaling in the way of like, hey, this is what I did today. And like, I checked all these things off my to-do list, not really journaling in that way, but more so like just dumping all the shit that was in my brain onto a piece of paper and just sort of having a look at it and being like, okay, are there some thoughts and feelings and belief systems in here that are really driving me to show up maybe how I don't want to, or, you know, are they just not serving me anymore? And if that's the case, like, how do I release that? And then I would use the meditation as a form of release. So, Mm. you know, like I'm all about like, let's burn it to the ground if it's not going to work for you. Right. So the releasing and the physical, um, meditating on that and like giving yourself permission to release that stuff was also super helpful to me. Yes. I like that. Yeah. Burn it love to it. the ground. <laughs> I like, get love it. out of here. <laughs> You're like, this shit ain't coming back. We're just going to light it on fire. No, like, we're out. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, tell us a little bit about what you focus on with women that are in their midlife era, if you will. We were talking a little bit before we hit record on here about how we have both been in, well, I'm in that process now. I know Summer's kids are older than mine are, but like you get in that process where you're like busy running around, you know, you're like, you're working or you have a business or even, you know, if you're a stay at home mom, you're the hardest working lady that I know. So oh, kudos sure. to you because I couldn't do it. So yeah. um, whether you're, you know, working at home, working at home, chasing kids around, doing your thing. You know, you have like your hands are so full because you're like, no, 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 no. Watching kids so they don't fall downstairs, everything else. Then you get to a phase of life where they start getting a little bit of independence and you're like, oh my God, I can breathe. And then you get to the teenage years. That's where I'm at now with half of my kids. And I'm like, what is happening? They don't need me as much as they used to. It's almost like an Mm -hmm. identity crisis a little bit if you've poured into and been around your kids a lot, you know? And I'm like... We were talking about, I was like, I need to make some girlfriends. I got, I got to have a community of ladies around me because I can feel that my world is shifting and you've been through that already. Are these the kind of women that you're helping in this program? And what are some things that would, would be, um, that people would identify themselves with to see if this might be a good fit for them to work with you? Yeah. Great question. So I work with women from 40 to 60 years old. And of course, everybody's kind of in a different phase of life, even though we are all in midlife, right? Because you might have children, you might not have children, you might be a career mom, you might not. I mean, there's lots of different factors there. But what I find is that midlife is a perfect time to work with a coach. And the reason for that is because you're kind of on like this precipice of change in so many ways, right? You are, your body is changing as you age. A lot of your um, life roles could be changing in your life. You know, your children might be getting older or you might be looking for a career change or you have gone through a divorce or you've lost a parent. I mean, there's a lot of things Mm -hmm. that we go through during midlife that can really kind of um, sort of like culminate to this point of wanting to figure out like, is this a crossroad for me? 
And if it is, like, what are my next steps and how do I figure out what that looks like? And a lot of the women that I work with have, um, unfortunately, self-abandoned for a long time. So they have, Mm -hmm. you know, taken care of everybody else's needs, put themselves out there for their career or their kids or their husband or whatever. And then when it gets a little quieter and they don't have all of those responsibilities and all of those roles that are just like constantly pulling at them, then they get to this point where it's like, okay, you know, what, what about me? So what do I want for my life? And a lot of them are, they're terrified to change, but they're also terrified that things are going to never change and they're going to stay the same. So it's a great way to just like grab a coach. Let's work through some of that stuff. Let's help you with a little bit more self-discovery, self-compassion, understanding who you are right now and maybe what your future really is going to look like and what do you want it to look like? I mean, I am shocked how many times I ask women, like, what are your desires? What do you want in your life? And they have no idea. They can't Mm -hmm. even answer that question, you know? And so it's like, that's what I want to teach is how do you um, show up in your life with, with the compassion that you want for yourself, with the courage that you want for yourself, with all of these great things, you know, um, And how do you make those decisions and figure out how to get there? So that's kind of what I do with most of the women that I work with is just figure that out and give them a little bit of support in making those next steps and finding that clarity. I love that. It is. Do you find that it's difficult when you have a consultation with these women, um, which I'm sure you do, bringing them in, seeing if this is going to be a good fit for them? that they have high reservations to working with a coach. We talk about coaching on here a lot. So I love to talk about maybe some of the mental barriers that you see or, you know, just like mindset barriers of working with a coach. A lot of times it's like, oh, I can go to therapy. If you've been to therapy and been to coaching, it is two very different things. Yeah, totally. So, different. you know, sometimes I think with a coach, they're like, I don't I don't even know who I am. So how the hell are you <laughs> gonna coach me into being something that I want to be? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that um it it depends on the person, right? Sometimes they're like, Yeah, let's do it, and they're just like ready to go. Um, some I think coaching is foreign is a foreign concept to a lot of people. Like I said, therapy or like you said, therapy is um a a different way of self-help for sure. And an amazing one at that, right? I'm definitely not a therapist, Mm -hmm. so (laughs) that's not what I do. But um, I think that there is a little bit of comparison in people's brains to therapy because that's what they have experience with, right? And so maybe they've already gone through therapy. It's worked for them or it hasn't worked for them, whatever. And then they're thinking, okay, is coaching going to be like that, right? Um, And it really is different. It's a way for therapy is a lot of times about sort of exploring your past and how things are showing up for you still and healing from the past and that sort of thing. Um, And trauma, you know, definitely go to a therapist, please, if you've had any trauma in your life. But um, coaching is much more about mindset for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of different kind of coaches, Mm -hmm. right? But mindset coaching is about 
what is really going on in your brain? Can I get tap into that awareness and figure this out? And how is it showing up in my life? And like, what is that going to give me? Right. So a lot mm-hmm. of times people will come to me and be like, well, like, what are the results going to look like? You know, is, is that going to be worth it for me to pay you to coach me if I don't really end up getting the results that I want, that kind of stuff, you know? Um, but as with anything in life, like your results are yours, right? So I might be here to guide you and help you down that path and um, help you kind of explore a lot of those different things. But definitely your results are all based off of the own, your own work and what you'll, you're willing to do for yourself. So I think when people have apprehension, it could, it could be about maybe trusting the coach that they're, they're considering um, working with. Maybe you need to find a better fit. I think another thing Mm -hmm. that could come up is um, just self-doubt, right? We all just kind of have a little bit of self-worth issues sometimes. And we just think like, look, I've tried all these things. Is this really going to help me to get the result that I really want in my life? And I think that can be true with anything, any journey that you embark on that's um, for self-growth. And, you know, it's for me, I just want to really be able to make sure that the person that I'm working with feels that I'm holding really, really safe space for them, clean space for them, and that we're connecting. And then, you know, it kind of just evolves over time. There's not really perfect structure to coaching. Um, there's mm-hmm. definitely my core teachings that I will teach you as a coach, but um, it kind of evolves as it evolves with each individual. So, Sure. I think coaching is what you want to get out of that. I mean, if you really look at like the the easiest way to compare something, like think about like sports coaching, right? Like Michael Jordan and all the other people on the Bulls had the same coach. You know what I mean? Like how much of that was actually what he put into becoming as oh, yeah. great as he was versus, you know, like everybody was getting coaching from Phil Jackson, but like... <laughs> There's standouts on this team, right? There, no doubt he was an incredible coach because they had a shit ton of good people on that team. But <laughs> there are those people that will jump out and do that. But what I think we have to be careful of too and people that I talk to about coaching is don't compare your growth to somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Because they may be at a place, mindset, mentally with things where they're ready to go faster and farther than you are because you got some roadblocks here that we got to break down to get you over the speed bumps to get you going through stuff. Sometimes people will look at it and be like, well, I did this program. How come, you know, you do a Tony Robbins program. How come I'm not like Tony (laughs) Robbins now? You're like, that shit takes a long time. It's intense. So it's really what you want to put into that and how much you want to work on that. Because Summer, I'm sure you are an incredible guide for these women. You have been through highest highs and some of the lowest lows. And those, I think, you're best equipped to help the people that you needed once upon a time in your life when you were feeling those things. So all Mm -hmm. of us have experiences where we can help people through those things. I think people get hung up on the word coach. So that's why I always love to dive into that a little bit more when I'm speaking to coaches on this podcast. because. It really is like a guide, you know, and then I think guide and then I think hunting jackets and and (laughs) shooting shit. Definitely not that. (laughs) My Wyoming's coming out here. 
But no, like, but you've got a guide, somebody that's taking you to a place, someone that is showing you what is possible. Because sometimes we just need to take off the dark glasses and have somebody show us, holy shit, my life can be totally different if I make Mm -hmm. a few different choices. Because our life is really nothing other than a culmination of the choices that we make, good, bad, or not making a choice is making a choice. Yes, 100%. Right. I think, you know, you have a risk no matter what risk in, you know, not growing and risk in growing. So if you're going to mm-hmm. be taking a, a risk no matter what, and you're going to maybe have uncomfortable feelings and some hardship no matter what on both sides of that coin, why not choose the path of growth instead of the path of staying the same? So, yes. yeah. It really is that, you know, when people will say, I think about this with like financial things, because I grew up in a family where it was just constant financial stress all the time. I remember that in my house as a kid, like we don't have money for that. It was like, if you ask to do something like I need some basketball shoes or something, you know, it was like, we don't have money for that. Like almost like you have just brought down the entire temperature of the room because you asked Mm. for something physically needed, you know, and I remember as a kid, I was thinking like, I got a job as soon as I was able to actually work so that I could provide for myself to have those things, because I never wanted to have to ask people to buy me things, you know, and it's stuff that you get stuck in your head with. It's almost like to my own detriment now that I have a very successful home service company. I'm almost to the point that I talk about in here, like, my head's bouncing off the ceiling all the time. Like I'm at the top of my level of capacity of where I've been before. And although it's uncomfortable, it's my comfort zone because growing to a new level is also going to be a little uncomfortable for a while. But Mm -hmm. if I get out of that comfort zone and I get uncomfortable for a little while, I'll be able to handle that next level of business because now I've got the education to do it. You know, I've let that fear of, of finances, which they're just numbers. They have no meaning whatsoever, except the meaning you give to them. You really have to just let things go so that you can progress. And people are so scared to take that first step outside of their comfort zone. But God, there's beautiful, beautiful stuff out there if you're willing to do it for a little while. And I think that like your story is such a beautiful thing of you really stepping out to do that. You know, you got married when you were 19, 19 years old. That's a big difference to then be by yourself because you weren't really like have a lot of time by yourself when you were young, you know, to then step out and to do all of those things. So as a single mom of that time, how old were your kiddos when you got divorced? So let me think. My kiddos were, um, I want to say 16 and maybe 13 when when, when I got divorced, right around that age. Yeah. So they're kind of coming into their own little independent stage at that point anyways and doing that stuff. So like working through, you know, whatever it is you're going through, if it's that divorce, if it's the kids going into different age ranges and things like that, like it's so great to have 
a community of women that are also going through these things, you know? I'm a little mm-hmm. bit behind in the in the motherhood journey from where Summer's at, but how awesome that she's already been through that. And so when I'm having a hard time navigating through new parts of this, I have someone that I can talk to about these things. And this is why building community is so incredibly important is because you need to have those people that are five steps ahead of you and five steps behind you, you know, and really one of those ones where they are like, I don't fucking belong here. And I don't know why I'm in this room because you will grow so much in that room. Cause you're like, I have to step it up. I have to step it up <laughs> or everyone's going to find me out. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so I think community is so, so huge. Right. And also, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of talked about like, what are some of the scary things about you know, like working with a coach that maybe people don't have enough trust in themselves to be able to figure it out. But I mean, I think trusting your own inner guidance is not really about like getting it right all the time. I think Mm -hmm. when you work with a coach, you learn how to trust your own inner guidance and that is huge. And it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're going to do everything right all the time. It just means that what you're learning is more compassion and love for yourself that like whatever does happen, you are going to be in your corner to be able to respond as needed to whatever outcome is going to reveal itself. Right. And then when you're in a community where you're watching other women do that, it's like these epiphanies in your own life start to happen, too. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, I'm not the only one that is struggling with this. So and this person is getting through it this way. Maybe that could work for me. I mean, there's definitely not one path to personal growth. There's so many that I think that's the power of community, right? Is being able to see what everybody else is doing and going through and realizing that you're not alone. Yes. And one of the most powerful things you can do being in a community of women is show up as your real self. Don't go in there and sugarcoat shit and be like, everything's fine. The first woman that says that in a group, I'm like, you are full of shit because (laughs) fine is like the worst four letter word ever to me. No one is ever fine. Like, why do you yeah. settle for fine? Like, I don't, I don't understand this. It's like, it, it sucks or we're doing great. You know, there's somewhere in the middle in there. That's the fine land, you know, yeah. but we've programmed our mind into saying, oh, I'm fine. So many women say that. Meanwhile, inside they're like, I'm ready to gouge my eyes out. Like, I don't even yes. know who I am anymore. Say that shit. Like get into a room with these women and find if you're, if you're in the right room and you're really seeking true authentic connections with women, you will connect with them so much more over the shit you've been through than over your triumphs any day. Yeah. Because they need to know, isn't it nuts? But they need to know that they're not alone in this thing. I think for so long. And this, this is something that I truly believe, like this is kind of a slap at women, but we have done this shit to ourselves because we try to sugarcoat stuff so that nobody knows what's going on. You know, that was something like where I grew up out in Wyoming, like nobody wanted anybody, even though it was small town, everyone knew everybody's business, but they didn't want to (laughs) say it out loud. You know, like if we don't say it, it doesn't exist, you know? Right. But if you say it out loud. You put off that energy. Yeah. If you say it out loud too, though, that does make it real. Right. And then I feel like that's the next step to being able to like figure it out and heal from things. Cause the more you keep that inside, like you're actually just 
you know, toxic positivity is totally a thing. Like you're totally just like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you're just convincing yourself that you're okay when you're not. And that's why also like that mind body connection that I found with like the yoga and meditation is like huge because I feel that your body knows stuff is screws my language, but fucked up before your brain does. So you'll start to feel that stuff in your body first. And then, you know, finally your brain is like, what is going on here? So, but yeah, I think that if you can be brave enough and compassionate enough with yourself to just realize that like, listen, life is 50, 50, there's going to be a whole ton of shit and there's going to be a whole ton of amazing things that happen to us. But like, let's not sugarcoat it and pretend like the shit is chocolate covered shit. It's actually shit. (laughs) Okay. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. I love what you said there about toxic positivity. I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah, because there, this, I don't even know how to describe this. This is something that I feel is an energy that people have about them. You can feel that shit's not right. But they're always smiling and pretending like everything is okay. And growing up in the church world that we were involved in, um, (laughs) I saw that all the time as a kid growing up. Mm -hmm. And I very much adopted that and fought with that for a long time until I got divorced. Um, And I was like, why am I pretending to be okay? I'm not okay. Like, mm-hmm. and I found such great strength into saying I'm not, I wasn't okay. You know, everybody thinks you're so strong that, you, you know, like they're not, it's that toxic positivity all the time of like, I don't want anybody to let me see this or no one can see my scars. You know, right. scars it's can be shame. a very beautiful thing. Yeah. The shame mm-hmm. around that, you know, yeah. um, I'm sure with women that you're working with within your coaching business, this has to show up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does show up. Um, and I'll be honest, you know, like I, I feel like I'm a pretty optimistic person in general and, and I feel mm-hmm. like I always have been, but I'm definitely, uh, I w I definitely was in that toxic positivity world. I think that, um, there was just too much guilt and shame for me around actually admitting that things were not okay for me to speak it out loud when in my younger self. Um, it was terrifying to do that in some of the communities that I grew up in. And I know you kind of mentioned that as well for you. So um, I think that it is something that needs to be talked about and we do need to have um, understanding of what equanimity is in life, right? That means that like taking the good with the bad, not pushing against the bad when it happens, but also not gaslighting yourself and telling yourself that everything is perfect when it absolutely is not. Mm -hmm. I think that causes more trauma. Um, It causes, you know, more problems in the future for yourself than, than a lot of people realize. So yeah, it's a real deal. (laughs) It's something I deal with a lot with women. (laughs) Yeah. It's like you start believing the own shit that you're saying to yourself. You're like, did I, am I, 
you know, like you start questioning who you are if you're trying to wear that mask all the time. So yeah, that's, no, that's so good. That's, that's a great way. That's that's also, sorry, I was just going to add to, you know, how we talked about like apprehension about hiring a coach. Um, Part of that apprehension that actually comes up when I have women who are afraid to hire a coach is because they don't want to admit that not that you need help. I don't want to, I don't know if that's exactly the way to say that, but they don't want to admit that anything could possibly be needed to improve on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that might um, show weakness and that's not okay for some people, right? Some people are very shameful around any kind of feeling of weakness or that they need to improve in any way. So they hide behind this mask of like, everything is fine and, and pretending that there's no problems in their life. And then when the shit really hits the fan, you realize, Oh my, like I really can't do this on my own and I absolutely have to have help. And some of my belief systems are really messing with me because they're telling me that it's not okay for things to not be okay. And that's just spiraling deeper. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not great for that to be happening. So definitely coaches can help with that. <laughs> so. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the biggest things that one of my coaches that I work with helped me with is realizing that just because I failed at something doesn't mean that I am a failure. You know, yes. I had such a horrible stigma around that because when I got divorced, like I had a one-year-old and a four-year-old and their dad just Mm. fucking disappeared and my business went under and now I have no job, no business, no husband. What the hell am I going to do? You know, like you start questioning everything. I just felt like such a failure. And it was very, like, I did that very much. Like, I'm going to be okay. You know, like get your, get your tough boots on and just, just get up and, and go through the motions every day. But when you don't deal with that for a long period of time, I never really realized how much I didn't deal with it until I started dating again. Mm. And then I took out every little thing that I had not healed from on all those poor suckers. I did. Yep. I just ran them away. They could have been the nicest people in the world to me. And I was like, what the fuck do you want from me? You know, like it was just, Mm -hmm. it was so unhealthy who pretend like everything was okay. But I was so scared of failing again. It was like, I didn't want to deal with the fact that my marriage had failed, that my business had failed, that I felt like I was failing my children as a mom because their dad wasn't there anymore. And I'm like, First of all, none of the shit was my fault in the first place. So um, I need to stop identifying this way. And I went to therapy for years, and w- which was very good with the trauma stuff. However, yes. the failure points was such a mindset shift that this coach helped me realize. I remember her first saying, you know, fear is an event. It's not a person. And that stuck to me so hard because I was so scared of failing all the time, you know, and I think it can tie from when you're very small as a kid, like, what did you get accolades from? Like, when did people pay attention to you? You know, people paid attention because I got great grades or I showed up and I was involved in all this stuff. So I felt like I always had to be performing. And when I failed at performing, I felt like I wasn't 
showing up enough of myself. You can't put yourself out there like that and be so afraid of that. And I think the fear of failure is what produces a lot of this toxic positivity, because I don't want to say that this is fucked up and it's going to fall apart or my business is, is losing more money than it's making, you know, and I'm not going to shut it down. I'm just going to keep dragging myself through the mud. You have to look in the mirror and be able to say, you know, shit, it didn't work, but at least you were brave enough to try, you know? Feel, failure is just going to get you to the next place a little bit faster. You know, you're not just yes. continuing to drag yourself through the mud. So if you identify with that, I know there's a lot of very high achieving women that are pretty, they were a lot of people that listen to this podcast are in the trades industry too. So a lot of us are pretty, show up pretty masculine energy in our roles every day. And it's okay to just like sit with yourself. That's why I talk about coaching so much. And I love having coaches on the podcast because more of us women need to invest in actually taking care of our mindset and mm -hmm. watching how much that improves all the other areas of your life, your business, you being a mom, your, your relationship, your marriage, what, whatever it is, your friendships make such a huge difference when you invest in yourself. Oh, it's huge. And it was game changing for me too, for sure. Mindset work was the game changer in my life, for sure. You know, and I, one of the things that I like to teach my clients too, just like you said, is we're big storytellers. You know, like we take basic facts and we spin them off into this elaborate story that almost is always false. So it's very interesting when you are able to separate, like you said, that like fear is an event that happened. It's not a person, right? Mm -hmm. And your thoughts are not who you are either. And your belief systems sure. sometimes are not even who you are. It just is so crazy how much, um, how much weight we put to the stories that we spin that are not even true about ourselves and are not even true about what's going on. Um, and we can make things much worse than they are and we can make things much better than they are on the side of toxic positivity. So it can go both ways. Um, but a lot of the things that we like to teach in, in the coaching program that I'm doing is um, your circumstances are neutral and you don't really have um it all it only depends on how you're thinking about it is actually what will happen in terms of what your experience will be. So your brain is like such a key player in whether or not you think something is a negative or a positive experience. It's huge. So anyway, yeah. but yeah. And being able to separate yourself from your thoughts, I think is so powerful because, um, this doesn't even occur to a lot of women. They just think that whatever thoughts are coming into their brain are making them feel a certain way. And that means they must be true. Right. But it's, it's, that's crazy. It's not that at all. You know, no. It, they're just sentences in your brain. They're just words. Sure. So, and even yeah. actions of others around you, you know, I think a lot of times women take on, how people talk to them or events that are going on around them. Like before we got on this podcast recording, I was driving back from my office and my office manager calls and says, um, can I talk to you today? Which I know what that means. And I just <laughs> said, I just said, I'm like, why are you quitting? She's like, um, yeah. 
And I was like, instantly, like I went inside myself, like, what? Like she's only been here for two months. So instantly I'm like, yeah. But then I'm like, start questioning myself. Like, why, how did you not show up enough for her? Like, did you not do enough for her? Like, why would she be quitting and going somewhere else? She's only been here for two months. Like you've had red carpet situation. I'm like, what did, what did I do wrong? And then I was like, nope. First of all, I'm not carrying that energy into this interview. You know, this is something I've been super excited to talk to you. (laughs) And also like, it's nothing that I personally have done. I could look in the mirror and be like, you did a good job with her. This wasn't the right fit. And I think she's feeling that. And I was feeling that already too. It's not the right fit. If somebody says they don't want to be here or you have people in your life that end up leaving, you know, some people are there for a long time. Sometimes it's just a short little season. You know, you have to be okay with the transition of relationships of things and not always point back into yourself thinking, what did I do wrong? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, we got to stop talking to ourselves like that. So that was even like a big catch for me today. I was like, nope, don't start that shit. Like you have to just look at it for what it is. You know, nothing has any value except the value that we give to it, whether it's positive, negative, everything is neutral. Everything from the numbers we were talking about before, from, you know, any of it, the guy cutting you off in traffic, you could be like super pissed off at him or like, shit, maybe he's trying to rush to something that's an emergency, you know, like, I don't know, but are you going to let it ruin your day or ruin the way you feel about yourself because of how Mm -hmm. other people act? You have to be able to be strong enough in your own self-belief that you don't let things like that completely overtake your life and, and hurt the way that you think about yourself. So yes, that's a big part of working with a coach too, that has been super helpful for me. If you find yourself like that and like finding fault in yourself often, like what did I do wrong to make X, Y, Z happen? You got to start like really getting outside of just the tunnel vision of looking at it through what did I do wrong and just look at it for what it is. You know, a lot of times people aren't even thinking about your feelings that are involved with a situation. Oh, I think that a lot of times how other people show up in their life has almost nothing to do with you. (laughs) Yes. They're like, I wasn't even thinking about you. (laughs) Yeah. But we we want to make it about us. (laughs) Yes. Oh, selfish. You know, how many times are we sitting there? Like my husband will be kind of looking at me. He kind of has some RBF face. We tell him this all the time already, (laughs) but he'll be just sitting there like staring off. And I'm like, why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, like what? I'm not looking at you like anything. He's probably, who knows what the hell he's thinking about. I don't even want to know. He's probably thinking about like the fact that it's snowing outside. It has nothing to do with you, right? nothing but he has that mad look on his face so instantly I'm like he must be mad at me like yep you gotta catch yourself on those things because you're right we are hella good storytellers and uh that's where a coach can come in and that's where if you find yourself in a little place where you're like I could just use a little guidance you know somebody that can help me with this this doesn't make you a failure this doesn't make you a smaller woman I think it is hugely powerful for you to be able to raise your hand and say, I need some help. Yeah. I think it's very hard for a lot of women, especially if you're very independent. That's probably one of the most challenging things for me, but I will tell you ever since I started working with a coach about three years ago, my life has never been the same again. 
It really yes, has Talk it. about the biggest step towards actual self-love empowerment is, yeah, figuring out how to get some help if you need it. Awesome. Absolutely. And coaching is one of those things. If you're working with a good coach, it's not something that's like, oh, it's $10, you know, like you got to look at that for what it is. It's an investment in you and your future. So stop worrying mm -hmm. about how much it's costing you and think about the stuff that is going to continue to cost you if you don't start working on the shit that's driving you crazy, you know? Yeah. That can make you physically sick. That can ruin relationships and businesses and and really all kinds of things in your life if you don't confront things head on. It's okay to say that shit isn't okay and that I need some help. Or it can be going okay, but I want to take it to the next level. A coach is an yeah. incredible person to help you do that. It doesn't always have to Absolutely. be, oh, something's going wrong, so I need to have a coach. You know, I want to get better at something, so I'm going to invest in this coach so she can help me get to where I want to go because she's already there. It's a yeah. beautiful thing that women are now able to help like Summer is online with you. She doesn't even have to be sitting on a couch across from you in a therapy room. <laughs> you get to have fun conversations too, like but... we're having. Oh, sure. Absolutely. We need a little mini bar outside and you just make a cocktail and sit down and chat. That's what podcasts are for. <laughs> Well, this has been so much fun, Summer. Thank you so much. I thank appreciate you. you. Uh, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story and the things that you have been through in your life and how you are being that shining example for women to stand up and say, look, I need some help. Things are in a little situation or, hey, you know what? Things aren't bad, but I really want to go to the next level. And I appreciate that you are using your talents to be able to help women do that. So if someone wants to connect with you, Samara, how and where is the best place for them to find you? Yes. Um, and thank you so much, Tanya. So much fun. Love, love just getting down and dirty and real. And anytime we can do this, let's do more. Um, yes. so to find me mostly social media is kind of the best way. Um, Instagram, Facebook, it's at Summerbrook coaching. So you can check out stuff there. Um, I will also just mention that I am doing a live virtual two day event at the end of February. It's the 27th and 28th at 6 PM mountain standard time. And It'll just, it's free. It's going to um, be an opportunity for you to get a little glimpse into what we are working on inside my Mindful Reinvention Coaching Program. So I would love to have you there. And we can put some information in the show notes about that for you guys. But thank you so much for having me. It was just super fantastic. I've loved it. Awesome. Excellent. I will for sure tag all of your social stuff, which is incredible. So if your social feed does not look like something that lights you on fire and is very positive in your life, then I highly challenge you this weekend to go through it and get rid of all the shit that makes you feel bad and add Summer to your list because her <laughs> stuff is phenomenal and it's always very oh, encouraging. Thanks. And you get to see her beautiful, bright smile all the time and that makes people happy too. So thank you so much for that. We'll definitely put the event in there. I'm looking forward to this. I think it's yeah, going to be incredible. I, love oh, I would love to have you on it. <laughs> so we will have, um, we'll definitely be promoting that through ladies kicking ass. Um, I will definitely be in attendance to that. I think it'll be so oh, awesome. Thanks. But 
At the end of every podcast, I love to talk to women about how they identify uh, going out into the world and doing big things, how they truly connect with themselves in the most authentic way. And that's what the premise of Ladies Kicking Ass is. It's show up as yourself, real as hell. Let's just look at everything the way that it is. Let's have a real conversation and realize that we are enough. We're worthy just the way we are. That whether kicking ass for you is spending three hours with your kids on the couch or it's out building an empire of your dreams. Either way, it means something a little bit different to everybody. So Summer, when you hear the phrase ladies kicking ass, what does that mean to you? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I'm just a huge proponent of women and just them like going into their own strength and just realizing how freaking amazing they already are. They already have all those tools. They already have all of that capability and just like supporting them as much as possible and helping them understand that like they already kick ass. I mean, I think when I think of ladies kicking ass, I think of um, people in my life that have just been amazing examples of this to me, like my grandmother, who was kind of an entrepreneur. She owned multiple businesses. She was always in high heels. She was just freaking awesome. And she <laughs> raised a family. She was amazing, you know, and just amazing people like that in my life that I can look at and really look up to and kind of model my own um, life on, but then also really find that self-discovery and realize that like, my authentic self is the best self that should be presented to the world and um, be excited to get out there and, and show it to people. So I think that's what I think about when I think about ladies kicking ass is just being your authentic self and having no apologies about it. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this. It has been so incredibly fun. And again, be sure to tune in if uh, you are listening to this before the end of February, um, summer's program. And if it's after we've already done this free event, then definitely we'll link your website and your socials in the show notes. So you can definitely uh, get a hold of Summer and do a consultation with her. If the if coaching is something that you're looking forward to being a part of, uh, she is incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was super awesome. I appreciate you. Thanks, Tanya. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being part of the Ladies Kicking Ass community. Cheers to all you badass women out there. Keep rocking your power, igniting your fire, and making waves in the service industry. If you loved today's episode, please do me a quick favor. Take a screenshot, post it, and tag us at Ladies Kicking Ass. Be sure to include the link to your favorite episode. Your support in spreading the word means the world to us as we aim to empower even more women. Hit that subscribe button to stay tuned for more kick-ass episodes. And don't forget, a five-star review is the ultimate high five. Connect with us on social media. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you for being part of our tribe. Now go kick some serious ass, lady.